0: Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times, you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The fifth annual National Day of Racial Healing is Tuesday, January 19th. It's going to be different from years past because this time around, it'll be virtual. And it couldn't happen at a more apt time. We're only one week out from a group of rioters violently seizing the U.S. Capitol, including a number of openly avowed white supremacists. And with all that's happened in this country this year, the need to be with others and talk about issues of race may be more important than ever. In just a bit, we'll bring on two of the day's youth leaders. But first, let's go on to talk with one of the lead organizers, Jose Rico. He's the director of the Truth, Racial Healing and Transformation Greater Chicago. Hi, Jose.
2: Hey, how are you?
1: Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Remind us what the National Day of Racial Healing is and how it came to be.
2: It came about because Dr. Gail Christopher, was the uh, architect of racial healing in this country, felt very strongly that we needed to have a framework to really confront and address the ideology of white supremacy and how it steals and harms our humanity. So for the last five years, there's been 12 cities around the country creating activities to really confront that head-on by uh, racial healing circles, but also identifying policies and practices that we see every day unfortunately that support white supremacy and what we do on the national day of racial healing is get people together not only to re- uh, acknowledge the harm but to repair the harm
1: well i have to ask you this jose how are you feeling right now about the fact that the backdrop of this day will be last week's violent insurrection and not to mention a year's worth of black lives matter protests
2: i think unfortunately uh everybody now sees the truth of how black, brown, and Native people have been treated in this country. So that's now undeniable. And I think one of the big uh, areas that we also need to understand is that the only way we're going to repair that harm is that we agree that all of us deserve basic human rights, but also that we need to actually come together and acknowledge our humanity. That is one of the big things that white supremacy steals from us is that basic ability for us to see each other as human beings and the actions and the commitments and the changes that need to happen in order to make sure, like we see with the COVID pandemic, that people have health care, that people have basic uh, housing, that people have the ability to take care of themselves economically and socially. And so that is the fight that we need to carry on. But we need to do it together, and this is what we try to do, is we're bringing people here in Chicago to renew that commitment, and especially this year to support the youth organizers who have been doing this work here in Chicago for many years.
1: There's so much going on, Jose. Could we make the case for this event to happen more often than just once a year?
2: Well, you know, uh, this last year, uh, since March, we've had over 400 racial healing circles virtually, We've trained over 300 racial healing practitioners, including 100 young people that were trained as part of City Colleges of Chicago. And so, uh, you know, this is a kickoff event for us. And so uh, throughout every month, we have around 50 to 60 racial healing circles, along with commitments from nonprofit organizations, governments, and businesses That they're making a commitment to adopting the truth, racial healing, and transformation framework, and they do this work every day.
1: Which organizations?
2: Uh, Almost every large nonprofit organization in Chicago has participated in racial healing circles. Everybody from the United Way of Metro Chicago, Tara Chicago, Gads Hill, almost every uh, nonprofit, specifically those that are serving black and brown people and have experience. the the despair that many of their clients have faced during that pandemic, they're using this as a way for them to not only uh, repair from the harm that they've seen, but also to bring hope to their staff and to their constituents.
1: Walk us through what those racial healing circles look like. Give us an an example of, of how they're led.
2: Yeah, well, they're led by trained racial healing practitioners whose job really is to hold space for people and share their personal stories. You know, one thing that we know is that oftentimes when we meet people and we think somebody is different from us, whether you live in a different part of town or because you have a different racial background, uh, we really create a space where people that those commonalities and that shared humanity. And what ends up happening after people sharing a few stories about how they grew up, or experiences that have led to their resilience in these times, people start making a connection and commitments to each other of what they wanna to do to change beliefs that they've had in the past, mm-hmm. but more importantly, practices that they wanna implement in the future. So usually these are three hour circles, with, uh, because of, uh, we're doing this on an uh, online platform between around 18 people. And many people make a commitment to do this once a week for about four to five weeks. And at the end of that time, people develop relationships and agree to work together to make some changes either through their personal life and their families and oftentimes in their organizations.
1: And how specifically do you imagine the insurrection from last week? will factor into the types of questions asked this year?
2: Uh, very much so. We yeah. built it into the day. We built it in because we now know that institutions uh, that are supposedly here to serve and protect are causing harm to some people and uh, abiding and, uh, and creating opportunities for other people to run rapid. And so we know these institutions cause harm. Now the question is, what are we going to do to make sure that we repair that harm, and what are our personal commitments to make that change. The the youth have told us there is no better time now to make those collective commitments and to take collective action.
1: Jose, this year you're really strongly focusing on supporting Uh, youth-led movements. Why the emphasis there?
2: Mainly because what we know, especially in a city like Chicago, when we look at the health statistics, the opportunities, the opportunity gaps, the challenges that young people face and being able to buy a home and make a life for themselves, we know that many of the fiscal policies, the tax policies, a lot of the decisions that civic leaders make in Chicago have a direct adverse effect at young people. I mean, we could obviously talk about the violence and what happens when somebody goes through a rampage to the city because they cannot get mental health or live in a very unstable situation but we need to make sure that we support those young people that have been in the front lines telling us what we need, telling us that we need to invest in, uh, in schools, telling us that we need to invest in social services and housing, in jobs that will be able to allow them to be able to be productive human uh, beings in our city. And so we want to highlight like them because they are the ones, frankly, as we see throughout time and throughout history, they're the ones that are going to lead the way for many of us And we felt as racial healing practitioners, as circle keepers, as people that believe that we are all connected and have an intergenerational bond, that we need to support them, and they're going to lead the way, and we want to do what uh, we can to support their efforts.
1: And what are your hopes, then, for for how this event might serve to change what we see in our communities when it comes to race?
2: Well, my my big hope is that uh, we all know that the truth that we see is that white supremacy as an ideology is in almost every aspect of our lives, and we need to call it out so we could root it out. And the other big hope, and we see this all the time every time we do circles, is that we are going to be guided by love and that we're going to be guided by a spirit of change and transformation. And so I hope that after people experience the National Day of Racial Healing, that that love is going to extend beyond their families and the people that are similar to them, Mm -hmm. but that that love is going to extend to people that they got to meet and they don't know yet, but that they are able to understand that our existence here in Chicago is dependent in how we treat and love uh, our neighbor and somebody that lives in the other part of town.
1: That's Jose Rico. He's the Director of Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation greater chicago and we want to now bring in two of the chicago-based youth leaders for the day first damayanti wallace she is with the group good kids mad city hi damayanti and also with us is berto aguayo with hashtag increase the peace hi berto hey damayanti i want to start with you tell us about your work with good kids mad city what does the organization do
0: So Good Kids Mad City is a youth-led gun violence prevention organization. We started about two years ago, coming up on three in March. And the work that we've been doing pre-pandemic was really creating safe spaces for Black and Brown people to exist and to heal in a way, since that is what we're talking about. Um, we would do open mics, we would um, have open court where people can come and play basketball, jump rope. Um, but what it looks like now during the pandemic is um, a lot of mutual aid projects, um, housing assistance, and just trying to make sure that black and brown people in this city are able to live comfortably um, without all the trials and tribulations that the city officials have created for them.
1: So what drew you then to, to be a leader, wanna want be a leader of the National Day of Racial Healing?
0: well I mean the organizers of the event are incredible and wonderful and we love the work that they do and so when they reached out and asked if we would be a part of it it was an automatic yes I mean doing something like this and having it virtual being able to reach so many people I think that it's important to be a part of that and it's important to be able to learn because I mean that's really what we're here for while we're leaders and we're leading workshops and moderating we're also learning from the people that we might be interviewing and that we might be listening to um, so it's it's a perfect opportunity to learn how we can heal as organizers and therefore
1: help heal our community. Berto, what about you? Tell us about the organization you're with, which is hashtag Increase the Peace. What do you guys do?
3: Sure. Uh, Increase the Peace, we're an organization that develops young leaders and promotes peace through leadership development, community organizing, and advocating for solutions that tackle the root cause of violence. Uh, we were founded about four years ago as we found you know that we can't solve violence in the city of Chicago without Youth Voice. And this is the organization is really an effort to engage young people in that fight for peace in our communities. And just like Good Kids in Mad City, we've had to pivot since the pandemic and really helping us heal through action. So we've done a lot of multiracial projects to help um, tense down tensions. So in the aftermath of the riots in the city that caused a lot of black and brown tension, I uh, increased the peace along with other organizations. We helped organize the first ever black and brown unity car parade, uh, where hundreds of cars created around the city with Pan-African flags, and Mexican flags, uh, to show that we're stronger together. And shortly thereafter, we also organized multicultural uh, Black and Brown Unity food pantries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave out this past eight months about 12,000 boxes of food to residents in need. And the National Day of Racial Healing is really important for us because it allows us to continue to do that work, create the relationships that will then turn into actionable, multiracial projects in our communities that will then not only build solidarity, but also help us heal together.
1: Damianti, what are your responsibilities during the event? Um, well, I am
0: moderating a panel that includes Increase the Peace um, and multiple other organizations that are just able to really talk about. Um, they're ta- they're talking about what they did during the pandemic and how creative they were. I'm I'm really really excited um, for that to premiere at the at the um, event. I'm very excited about that just because all the organizations really are able to talk about what they did and how it assisted their communities. We have so many different organizations in Chicago and to be able to have majority of them all on one call to be able to talk about what they did um, is really, really helpful because most people don't know. So they have food pantries. People have um, regular events where folks can come and get tested. Um, Good Kids, Mad City, we on Thursdays hand out food um, in Boxville on the South Side. So for people to be able to find those things out um, and get access to more resources, I just think it's going to be very beautiful. Damianti, how old are you?
1: I'm 20. You're 20. Why do you think it's important that younger voices like yourself are part of these discussions?
0: Well, I think it's because
1: we are really living in the
0: meat of this conversation. This kind of being able to get a job, being able to have these resources, um, being able to have access to things that aren't a luxury, that are basic necessities, housing, food, water, like all of these different things that feel like hassles right now should be basic and should be given to us without any question. So young people right now, 20, 25, younger, who are being displaced, who are out in the streets fighting for their lives, who are being exposed to COVID, all of these different things are obstacles. And we are the ones who are able to solve it because we are the ones who are experiencing it the most right now.
1: Same question for you, Berto. Tell us your age, first of all. Uh, 26. 26. So yeah, your voice. Why is it important here?
3: Uh, I mean, I'm just echoing Damianci's sentiments. I mean, I think uh, we're the people most impacted, and the people most impacted should be the ones at those tables getting together, building those relationships. Because one thing that the pandemic has taught us is that during the pandemic to communities like ours in the South Side uh, and all over Chicago, all levels of government have failed us. And we really only have ourselves to save ourselves. And it's going to take the community to save the community. And I think building these relationships with groups that are doing great work, like the Mat City, like TRHT, Mm -hmm. And bringing everybody together to develop those relationships so that we're growing and healing together, I think especially important given the backdrop of what just happened um, last week. But it's even more important because of everything that's happened during the last eight months where our people are hurting and they need us to develop the relationships that are necessary for us to heal the community.
1: Well, just a few seconds left here. Jose, I want to bring you back. Remind us how people can get involved with the day and details of registration.
2: People can log on, uh, transformshy.com, and you'll be able to register. Right now, we have over 600 people that have registered, so uh, you will be on the wait list, but we know that there's going to be some drop-off. We also have resources and ways in which you could uh, engage in these racial healing conversations on our website, but we hope to see everyone there, and we will also be live streaming the events on YouTube.
1: That's Jose Rico. He's the director of Truth, Racial Healing and Transformation Greater Chicago. Also with us was Berto Aguayo with hashtag increase the peace and Damianti Wallace, a youth leader from Good Kids, Mad City. Such great work, guys. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you. At this difficult time in our country's history, it's more important than ever to find news sources that bring you truth, facts, and a variety of perspectives and ideas. We work hard to bring you all of those things every day on Reset, and we're glad you're here. For more Reset, head to our archives at wbez.org slash reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll meet again soon.